world from Octopost headquarters. This is Radically Transparent, Octopost's original podcast show on B2B Marketing Now. I'm Jennifer Gutman, Director of Social Strategy, and in most episodes of this podcast, we'll feature B2B marketing leaders who will share their radically transparent truths behind being a modern-day marketer and what it takes to grow ideas, take risks, and impact change. Joining me on this episode of Radically Transparent is Tal Tochner, Principal on the investment team at Pico Venture Partners and featured in Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2017. Tal, Welcome to the show and what an honor to have you. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to join. We're, we're pumped to get the conversation going. So with that, are you ready to get radically transparent with me today? Never been more ready. <laughs> awesome. And I promise to start off with an easy one. This one hopefully will uh, not be so hard. Uh, Pico Venture Partners. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background? What is it? Who are you? And how did you find yourself there? Sure. So Pico Venture Partners is a venture capital fund that invests in early stage startups. We focus on software enabled companies in a wide variety of different sectors and verticals. Um, and at Pico, I'm the principal on the investment team. So as, as an investor on the team, I'm in charge of sourcing new investment opportunities, leading investment processes, and working with with our founders post-investment on growth trajectories, mm -hmm. um, which includes a lot of work on defining the value propositions, developing narratives and brand, growth strategies, operational processes, hiring, business development, and kind of global market scale. Um, and I, to be honest, I started my career actually thinking of, of going into public diplomacy and quickly okay. <laughs> quickly transitioned into the business world. Um, I, I entered venture kind of after working with global investors, high net worths and enterprises on, on scouting, sourcing um, and investing in Israeli high tech companies and kind of transitioned to Pico Ventures from there. I want to ask the famous question that we ask all of our guests when we kick off the show. And that is, what keeps you up at night professionally in this role, in this world? Yeah. Um, a lot. I, I, <laughs> I haven't been sleeping well for, for a while. Um, you know, it might seem that that being a venture capitalist is, is kind of the all sparkles and, and shine. Um, but it's actually a really, it's a really tough job. Um, we have a fiduciary duty to our investors. I manage other people's money and every investment decision I make comes with a lot of excitement on one hand, but a lot of anxiety on the other. Um, and I constantly find myself waking up at night thinking about, you know, another potential customer for one of our companies or a new storyline or a potential candidate or, you know, another entrepreneur I need to touch base with. Um, it really is a, a never ending job. Do you find that, you know, so what, and what keeps you up, right, with managing kind of other people's money? And I think a lot of our listeners can relate, right? We're managing a marketing budget, which essentially, right, we're managing these tools and we're managing, you know, a lot of different things. Is there one piece of something that you've learned in that that keeps you a little bit calm or you know like will allow you to get some sleep or I think it's you know working hard every day um and and being trying to trying to be aware of my blind spots okay. uh, and and doing the best I can to help my entrepreneur succeed I think that um you know that helps me stay calm um at least you know have the confidence that I'm doing the best I can um in order to succeed so working hard entrepreneurs those two words go hand in hand but I want to ask I mean I can't imagine that it's easy to work 
with so many different entre- brilliant entrepreneurs, I should add, what would you find or say is the most challenging aspect of working with entrepreneurs? I mean, they're, they're brilliant in their own right, but, you know, trusting, trusting someone else in, in decision-making or, you know, these different elements that might be a little bit hard to give up. What would you say in your role is like, what's the most challenging? What drives you crazy? Um, well, I have to say that, you know, our, our job is choosing right entrepreneurs. Um, okay. and, and I think, you know, in, in our investment process and kind of our decision making, you know, we, we invest in entrepreneurs that we believe have the skill sets, have the thought leadership, have the knowledge, um, have the teams um, in order to, in order to set, set out on the journey and, and succeed in their endeavors, right? So my underlying role um, is, is to support, you know, my founders on their journey, let them take the lead and, and I can jump in wherever I can be valuable. Um, and that's kind of, um, that's, that's, I think, where it really matters. Um, where can I be most valuable? I think generally, um, I think generally investors see a lot of companies in a lot of different sectors and, you know, have developed benchmarks um, and see market behavior from kind of a macro level. Um, and sometimes you can be super helpful to founders that see more, have more of a micro uh, view of, of their specific company or their specific sector. Um, so when working with when working with entrepreneurs, you know, it's there are challenging times always, especially kind of 2020 was a whirlwind of a year. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, I think being supportive and helping high level um, high level strategy and understanding kind of seeing ten steps ahead or or, or much more broad is where uh, is where we investors uh, can be can be super valuable and and help. Entrepreneurs. I think that that definitely is something that we hear a lot in the marketing team, because oftentimes us marketers are kind of looked at as like an island to the organization, which is never great. Um, And we always want to kind of break that island vision um, and and align with the rest of the team and the rest of the company. And it's all about relationship building. And I think even in marketing, we're learning that you have to be not only expert external communicators, but also powerful and, and, um, you know, intriguing internal communicators to get that message across as well. So speaking of the marketing piece, what I wanted to ask, uh, are you focused on any specific sector like you personally, or do you have kind of a favorite sector that you enjoy working in? Um, so, I mean, I have a few favorites. I'm not, I'm not focused on a specific sector. Um, I look at many different sectors and industries, and it's, it's part of what I love most about my job. Um, and I think when looking at kind of technological trends, they can, you know, they, they're, they're very broad, but can be also tailored and, and applicable to specific industries. So things okay. that kind of get me excited um, right now is everything that's happening in, in the healthcare industry, which is undergoing massive changes, both in the quality of service and consumer-centered products and remote care and regulation and payments and digitalization and automation, it's all changing so quickly at an incredible pace. And it's a, wonder, a wonderful time to be at the forefront of, of that shift. Um, I'm also super excited about the future of work, everything from kind of security, productivity, tools, efficiency. Um, marketing goes into all of that as well. You know, how will we work and live in the next five to 10 years? Um, anything around like FinTechs and payments and automation, food tech, you know, vertical SaaS, um, you probably see this um, as well, kind of in the marketing space. You know, there are more and more freelancers and SMBs and a massive market opportunity kind of that's undergoing digital transformation with many challenges to solve and marketing and digital marketing, a crucial one um, for them as well. 
Um, and I think my last and favorite, I'm a space junkie. Really? I spent a lot of time researching and learning about the sector. Um, still haven't made an investment, but um, <laughs> I think the commercialization of the space industry is super exciting. And is, I, is there anything I, up and coming that you've been finding in the space industry that you could share with us? You know, maybe I'll write a blog post about it. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to keep our eyes open there. Um, that's really interesting. And I think something I did not know about you, Tal. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Um, so with that, kind of taking from space and bringing it back to maybe the marketing and specifically digital marketing space, uh, are you seeing any trends there when it comes, I mean, right, so entrepreneurs and they're getting everything kind of, if you're looking at the startup space, they're getting everything up and running and they're trying to, you know, do what they need to do to for massive growth. Um, so what's trending what are you seeing? What are the conversations looking like in the digital marketing space? Where do investors want to invest and uh, what's happening there? Yeah. So, I mean, just like I, just like I said, there's a huge market opportunity right now with digital transformation for, you know, and so much going on in marketing. I think, you know, in terms of investment trends, we're seeing a lot in kind of the artificial intelligence around automation and personalization. So, you know, AI software that will automate manual processes, improve customer service. It also ties a lot into kind of data-centric products that can create more personalized experience and effective campaigns. You know, we've seen a lot of, of um, adoption of, of chatbots and virtual you know, concierges, um, automation of many aspects of customer interactions and interfaces and voice and um, and I think a lot of, of businesses have, have been fast to adopt a lot of these tools. Right. By, um, it's almost by force, right? Like I, I know back in the day, if you will, in 2019, you would have conversations with customers and we would all be talking about digital transformation and where are you in the journey? And some companies, you know, it's been taking years and years and years. And then suddenly 2020 and we're catapulted into this digital transformation that for some, you know, it's taken nine years and we were forced to do it what, like nine months, some of us less. So I think that's a very interesting piece that you bring up. Yeah, definitely. And if to go more specific, I think, you know, there are a lot of trends around, you know, interactive content, specifically kind of video marketing. Um, so I believe like text-based content can no longer compete with the power of video, especially when it comes, you know, to trying to sell products and services online. You know, video marketing is more engaging and can be a very powerful method of digital marketing. Um, and kind of, I, I did some homework before, uh, uh, before we <laughs> chat, um, and, and, I, and I saw, um, you know, a, a bit of statistics kind of to, to make sure that my, uh, my senses are correct and found that 70% of consumers have shared a brand video this year. 52% of consumers claim that watching product videos makes them more confident and guides their online purchasing decisions, which is super, super interesting. Um, and 72% of businesses believe that video content has improved their conversion rates, uh, which you know has been driving driving that growth as well. Um, and that also ties me kind of into you know content marketing and where content marketing is going. Um, and I believe you know this year is going to be a lot more you know there's going to be a lot more quality of content. Yeah. Um, and you know with all the changes you know Google's been uh, uh, being introducing um, around you know SEO. Um, you know, there's, they've been putting an extreme importance to upload time and page speeds and the context, um, and are prioritizing kind of high quality, fast loading websites with accurate 
content closely aligned with user intent over kind of generic SEO. And I think that'll drive um, companies to, to focus more on, on quality um, and, and kind of change, change the message. And again, around, you know, personalization of the messaging um, and tailoring of the narrative. I think um, I think those are going to be um, key trends. Kind of, we're going to be we've already we're already seeing, but are definitely going to continue in twenty twenty one. Definitely, we're definitely starting to see that in terms of video. I think you know I I agree one hundred percent in terms of keeping an eye on video trends. And I know every year in the marketing space there seems to be you know they release those what to keep your eyes out for this new year and video and thing in the past few years have always it's always made the top of the list but I I think I'm pretty confident in saying that 2021 is most certainly going to be a year for video I think here we are right now on a podcast I know we had uh, Ari Applebaum who is the VP marketing over at Audio Burst uh, speaking about the power of audio and I always find that interesting with kind of the evolution of marketing right we started in radio back in the day and we're almost headed more into audio but what Ari had brought up which was quite interesting is, right, if you think about the technology AirPods and how much we are connected to headphones, right, and the power of podcasting, and there's about 1 million podcasts out there, I would say video and podcasting into 2021 should be part of your marketing strategy in some way, shape, or form. But with that, what I think is interesting about what you do, right, you kind of get this bird's eye view into all of these different organizations and what their strategies look like. But I want to take a moment and kind of mention, right, venture capitalists, from from as far as I'm concerned, you guys do marketing, you don't do it like the rest of us. And I think you have a little bit more pressure to do it in a, in a different way, right? Because it, it seems that a lot of the marketing efforts that VCs are doing are really focused around showcasing that you know about the space, that you are a trusted source. You know more than anyone else to gain that trust of your followers. Um, and, you know, in the B2B marketing space where I come from, it's we call it thought leadership. But what we're actually seeing is there's kind of an interesting uh, debate going on right now in the B2B marketing world around thought leadership, how to use it correctly, how to write it, what defines thought leadership, who should be saying what and when. So I was wondering if you could get a little radically transparent about some of the success cycles as a VC that you're, you know, utilizing in the thought leadership space, and then kind of maybe transferring that into what you're seeing specifically around thought leadership or what you're encouraging early stage startup marketing strategies to maybe think about when it comes to thought leadership. And just to kind of throw out where this question kind of started blooming in my mind was I've seen a lot of posts around people saying, right, there's a lot of self-proclaimed experts out there. And right, one of a big one of the biggest pushes is to become a thought leader, whether you're doing employee advocacy or publishing or when you're on social or whatever it may be. So I just want to hear a little bit about, right, you truly are an expert. Um, can you talk us through some of that? I know that was a long-winded question. <laughs> Sure. Um, I'll talk about it kind of from the VC perspective and then kind of how we look at it, um, you know, how we work on thought leadership with companies. So when I think, when I think about thought leadership and, um, you know, you mentioned I'm an expert, I'm, you know, I'm a generalist. I I don't believe I'm an expert in anything. (laughs) I believe that, you know, I surround myself with experts who, who understand, you know, you know, 
verticals a lot more than I do. I just I you read know, know something. How to, how to connect dots in, in a good way. It's funny, you read, I read something that you had quoted and I thought it was actually brilliant. Uh, you had said something once around if you're the smartest person in the room, is this, this is you, right? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) That's, um, you know, someone told me that at a very, very early age and it's, uh, it's been going with me ever since. So definitely I invest in people that understand, um, everything a lot better than I, um, and I'm kind of their, their, their biggest, their biggest cheerleader. And I think kind of my, my value as an investor is kind of looking 10 steps, seeing 10 steps ahead, um, and also connecting the dots um, and helping uh, and helping that work. And, you know, when I think about thought leadership as a venture capitalist, um, you know, it's, it's very important to develop thought leadership in, and, and it doesn't have to be in a specific industry or, you know, a specific skill or market. Um, but why is it important as a venture capitalist to have that? It's because, you know, it will help you attract the best deals. Um, for instance, you know, if we're considered thought leaders in, in the automotive space, for instance, you know, then entrepreneurs that are, you know, innovating in the automotive space will almost always choose to talk to us and work with us. Um, it's easy to build, you know, a network of investors or advisors and mentors and customers and be even more value add. So when I'm an investor and I'm looking at kind of what markets do I, you know, what, what am I most excited about? Some of the markets, you know, we, we spoke about, um, verticals we spoke about, I, I, how do I develop myself as a thought leader in the space to attract the best entrepreneurs to work with me? Um, and I think, you know, that's why you've been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, VCs claiming expertise in certain areas. Um, you know, some, some more so, some less so, but, but I think the underlying point is to kind of develop personal brand, um, Mm -hmm. and specific expertise so that you can, you know, be perceived as someone who can, um, help entrepreneurs win certain markets, um, and definitely kind of choose you, um, your firm to work with. Um, so that's kind of on the, on the VC side. Um, you know, I think about it similarly on, on the company side, right? We, we spend a lot of, we spend a lot of time helping our CEOs and, and their teams develop thought leaderships in the space. You know, you're, I, I believe you're doing an incredible way kind of through the podcast, right? We spoke about, you know, quality of, of, of content. Um, you know, people want to feel connected to a brand. They want to, you know, um, um, they, they not more old, not only connected to a brand, but they also, you know, it's around developing trust and a voice. And I think that's, that's an incredible way. Um, we spent a lot of time kind of this year working with our companies, um, writing white papers and working with consulting companies on kind of developing thought leadership in, in that sense. So we have companies that are doing it through podcasts and kind of marketing. Um, but we also, you know, I'll, I'll give you like a concrete example. Um, let's say you're, you know, an HR company, um, you know, working with large enterprises and you joint write a report with Deloitte on the space as a whole, um, and you're cited, you know, it automatically gives you incredible credibility, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with all the major players in the market and, you know, big corporate enterprises, and it's valuable, you know, on a a customer level, on a brand level, um, you know, and also kind of to attract um, the best talent. Um, and we believe kind of it's more valuable than kind of any 
article citing on any news outlet. Um, so yeah, I'd urge companies very early on um, in their kind of development cycle to really think about how, you know, how they can create, you know, a unique voice. Um, it, it also ties into kind of the value proposition um, and, and creating kind of the brand. And I believe it's essential in, in helping win customers, you know, mm -hmm. for, for startups, the customers, for, yeah. for us startups. Um, but it's, it's all about kind of, you know, the unique voice, the unique brand, the narrative that gets people excited um, and develops that trust and credibility in the market. Absolutely. And I listen, I think, thank you for diving into that question. It's, it's one that's of great interest for us here at Octopost. I know a lot of our listeners, even on social media, if you hop into LinkedIn and you, you know, type thought leadership, you just see all of these different hashtags coming up, ideas coming up. And it's a really interesting um, space or space and topic to be discussing. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. What I want to shift to a little bit, a uh, little less heavy and a little bit more fun um, as I want to understand a little bit more about, you know, is there something, right? Looking back on 2020, it's one crazy year. And I don't know if anybody's opened the news this morning in the States or, right? 2021 oh doesn't look like it's falling down, right? It's just, just getting started. Um, so with that, just like today, right? If there's something you had known, let's say like last year at this time that you know today, what would that be? And perhaps how would you do your day-to-day -day differently? if anything at all. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind of a year, um, an unexpected year. Um, I'm a relatively young investor. Um, I felt like this was some sort of rite of passage given I, I didn't experience the, the crisis in, in 2008. Everyone talks um, about that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, we, we, we also had an incredible year here at, at Pico, um, you know, Digital transfer. I think it's an incredible. It's an incredible time for for the tech industry. Um, we had you know quite a few successes and IPO, some exits, and our companies have been experiencing incredible growth due to digital transformation um, and kind of market behavior. Um, so you know, looking back, I, I I learned a lot. But you know, moving forward, I don't know if there's anything I would have done differently. I feel like. I became a much better investor, much more focused, much more value add. I think Pico as a whole, um, much stronger VC. Um, and I, I, I hope uh, 2021 will be an incredible year, an even better year for, for both the fund and, and the team and myself. Amen to that. Uh, so with that, I wanna just kind of dive in, right? Like social media, so Octopus, B2B social media management platform. In your eyes, social media, good, or social media evil? <laughs> Definitely not evil. I think social media can be great if if used for 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 the right purpose. So I don't know if the right purpose, but again, it's all about quality content, meaningful content. Um, and you know, I think if you have something meaningful to say, and if you know, it can help you develop you know thought leadership or expertise in the space, or or generate you know. Um, um, interactions and engagements with uh, with your customers, and I think it's a wonderful and great resource. Incredible. And speaking of social media, would you be able to tell us today something about yourself that we can't find on Google or your LinkedIn profile? We know a lot about you, right? We know that you're Forbes mm -hmm. 30 under 30. 
Um, we've know you've done a few podcasts. We know you're into space, as we found out earlier today. What's something that you can I tell me? All my secrets. Um, well, I, I spoke about this on another podcast, um, but you know, I'm all about morning routines. Um, oh, okay. And, and so, you know, um, gratitude, meditation, morning dance parties, but that you can morning already find. Dance parties. Wait, 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 wait. Let's rewind for a second. <laughs> meditation gratitude and morning dance parties can what <laughs> morning dance parties um let's just say that you know my neighbors get up very early in the morning um and hopefully enjoy my music <laughs> <laughs> what's some of the music what how, how can you help us right we're at, um for those listeners who may not know we're recording today on a day that uh israel where we're both based out of is going into full-on lockdown um third time around can you recommend some dance party music? Maybe we can all uh, get a little bit dancey in this lockdown. <laughs> it uh, it depends on the on the mood um, and the morning. Um, but uh, this this morning was uh, instrumental, uplifting, um, and kind of danced my way out the door into uh, into a pretty quiet street. Masks and like everything felt like it was slowing down. So. Um, definitely a great way to to start the day and uh, and uplift um, my mood. Um, but you asked for something that um, that I haven't spoken about before. So um, I guess I'll say that the desert is my favorite part, my favorite place in the world, and that I used to work in agriculture and as a preschool teacher um, in a small moshav down south. And for the listeners that are not from Israel, what's moshav? Um, it's, you can think of it as like a small town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, amazing. So small town, middle of nowhere, previous life in agriculture. Sounds incredible. Tal, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Last question. If any of the listeners would like to be in touch with you or have further questions about your career or to talk, right? VC marketing strategy or get ideas, where can we find you? What's the best place to connect? I think the uh, easiest would probably be through LinkedIn. Um, I I, uh, I always answer uh, cold calls. So, um, and, and anyone who sends a, a message, so please feel free to reach out uh, via LinkedIn. And uh, I look forward to hearing from anyone who wants to chat. Fantastic. Tal, thank you so much for joining me today. And we look forward to having you back as a guest in season four. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Gutman your host and director of social strategy at Octopost. For more incredible episodes, be sure to follow our channel, B2B Marketing Now, wherever you get your podcasts.